What up, y'all? This is Mike Brown, and I just wanted to say thank you for tuning in to this week's episode. I appreciate y'all listening. If you like the show, please subscribe wherever you listen to this show. Also, leave a comment. Let people know what you think. Happy Black History Month to everybody. I know we focus on it for a month, but we create black history every day. So, yeah, man. And this is The Art of Letting Go. Yo, what up? This is Mike Brown, and this is The Art of Letting Go. Today, I got a special guest in the building. Um, You was on a group episode, actually the, the largest group episode I've had, but this is your first time on the show by yourself. Um, We met at a Xavier Mixer in Houston. Um for incoming freshmen we stayed in the same freshman dorm um you mind introducing yourself to the people yeah man um thomas i'd say uh you know like you said yeah i mean born and raised you know houston uh just like you just all of a sudden decided to um, go to Xavier. I mean, that's that's a story within itself how that came to be. But decided to go to Xavier, and I remember getting that, getting that, uh, that invitation. I was like, "What is this? Or like a meetup before we get down there?" Yeah. And I'm like, "All right, let's go do it." And then I, I remember it was standing room only. <laughs> go in there, and then there's this tall, there's this tall guy just kind of standing. <laughs> And um, and and me, it was me and my mother. I remember, and uh, I mean, there was one guy. <laughs> I'm not gonna say his name. He wouldn't. Uh, my mother was standing up, and I remember he was he was sitting <laughs> down right next to her. He was sitting down right next to where she was standing up, and not one time did he say, "Man, would you like this chair?" Uh, I mean, that was bothering me. For a while, I was like, "Man, I was like, man, this dude right here, we ain't gonna, we might not get along." That's hilarious. And, yeah, but it wasn't, it wasn't you, you know, because you were standing up. And then, yeah. you know, afterwards, I, you know, met you or whatever, and uh, and rest is history. That was over fifteen years ago. Yeah, man, that's a long time ago. Shit, how you doing today? Man, I feel like I'm all right, man. Yeah. All right. Can't can't complain. COVID free. Yeah. I kind of want to backtrack a little bit just because, you know, like we both from Houston, but I'm I can say, like, honestly, I'm from the suburbs, you know, through and through. But I wanted to know what was your experience like growing up in Houston? So my experience growing up in Houston was, was super I feel like it was pretty unique because, you know, <laughs> y'all give me a uh, y'all give me a lot of crap about this, but like I, I was one of the the people who I feel like it was a it was a good thing. It was problematic for me at sometimes, but I had the opportunity to live on both sides of town growing up. Yeah, and and, and when I say both sides of town, because Houston got multiple sides of town but the main two sides of town that were having controversy was the north and the south and i had the opportunity to live on both sides being on the southwest side and on the north side and that experience was it was something so i I got the mix of just i mean music wise um culture wise just being on both on both ends of it and seeing how life was on both sides. It's just, it was interesting to see. Yeah. Yeah, man. I, like I was born in Houston. Um, I went to middle school in league city. You know, that shit is far out as fuck. And, uh, Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, went to high school in Mo City. And all that shit was interesting to me because, like, growing up in League City, it was, like, predominantly white. Um, Mo City was pretty mixed. But I remember, like, experiencing racism in, like, elementary and middle school. Um, Did you ever experience that shit? So racism, actually, I, I really didn't. So, like, again, with, with my unique journey um, from being born, you know, up until I left to go to Xavier, I had been in all types of schools. I, I've been around where it was, like, the majority minority, you know, where it was, like, it's pretty much Hispanics and black only. Yeah. And I had been in schools where it was, like, uh, majority white. And so I don't, it was just, it was weird, like kind of bouncing back and forth sometimes. And I guess for you being in league city, maybe that was just so far out to where you kind of, you know, where more of that racism occurs. But for me, if I did, if I did get around like a majority white situation, it wasn't really coming across that way, at least not directly enough for me to realize it as a, as a child. Yeah, yeah, no, that shit was you know, clear, clear. But I, I appreciate you sharing that because when I talk to people sometimes, especially out here, people swear that Texas is just like more racist than anywhere else. And uh, nah, nah, it's the same nah, everywhere. that's not true. That's <laughs> not true. Like I, I was able to, like I went to West U Elementary for a little bit. Yeah. And... That I mean, it, it was still racially diverse, but it was majority white. Yeah, and like I, I, I never got, I never got that vibe. But, but I mean, the the black kids would congregate a little bit more to each other during recess, and then you know that was that was a culture thing. Yeah, but when it came time to just like playing sports, like or whatever we were doing, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't get that vibe. And then when I went to another school later on that was sort of like that um like it was it was majority white but it was super more mingled like they were like nobody really nobody ever brought up or made you feel like any difference within race and but it was still pretty much like it it was kind of like on the it was like the suburbs of the city but it wasn't like deep in the sub it was like right there on the edge of of what you might consider suburbs and not. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't know if that has something to do with it, but yeah, like, no, nah, I wouldn't, I mean, especially, I mean, Houston, Houston was diverse back then. And it, it's even more now being the, the most diverse city in America. Um, I don't, I mean, racism is always going to be around and, and, and all over. So yeah. whether you want to say, Oh, I'm in California uh well i mean there's a lot there's a there's a lot of kkk going on in california exactly too, so, <laughs> you know it, it, open like, though like KKK. open yeah like uh yeah you go look in anaheim <laughs> yeah yeah where disneyland at <laughs> yeah yeah we talking like orange county yeah it's there i mean you can you can find it all over like i like I saw, I think I, it was on a documentary. Like, like they had KKK, like Aryan Brotherhood people, like in Oregon. And I'm like, what are y'all doing in Oregon? Yeah, man, it's crazy. It's crazy. But like, and, and then some people don't realize too. Like, you know, this didn't just start happening. You know, like back in the day when LA was growing, back in the early in the '50s and the '60s. Like they recruited cops from the south, and they they didn't just as soon as they crossed state lines and they got to to the west coast, all of a sudden all that that deep hatred just all of a sudden disappeared. Right. That's you know, real. Like all that stuff continued. So yeah, I mean that that stuff travels. Yeah. Yeah, man. Um, man, what? What was it like transitioning from Houston to New Orleans for you? Oh, man, transitioning. I mean, to me, it wasn't 
it wasn't much transition. I was I, I didn't really think about a transition because I had free I had been to New Orleans so many times throughout my life. Yeah. I had fam I had family from there. Um I had family that was there and I had been there, you know, just throughout my entire life. And so whether that was for Mardi Gras or to visit family, so it, it just wasn't it wasn't anything that was really thought about. You know, like I felt like I already knew that place. It was like it was like another home almost. So I was just ready to jump in. But I I, I knew one thing that I was going to be me. I knew where I was from and I was going to bring that with me. Yeah. And I and, and you know, like <laughs> like I, at that time, like I wasn't I wasn't going to hide it either. Like this. This is me. This is where I'm from. Uh, I'm proud to have the the New Orleans roots, but. I was a dude from Houston. Yeah. And so like I carried both of that with me. How about how about you? Um same for me like the city didn't didn't really feel like a transition just cuz I I mean I was spending so much time in New Orleans growing up and shit. But I think college like going to a HBCU was really that transition for me cuz it was my first time being around like completely all black people you know what i'm saying like being in a in a hundred percent black space and seeing black people from like all different walks of life and like you know just different types of black people like cool black people nerdy black people like it it was a a beautiful thing to see for me because i remember you know just being in spaces where we be the minority and it feeling like like people used to have to like prove like who was who was the blackest, you know what I mean? Like high school, mm-hmm. middle school, it was like, you know, it's only like eight of us here, so I gotta show that I'm blacker than you. And, you know, just me being the shit that I was into kinda made me like somewhat I would I don't know if I would say like, because I wasn't nerdy, but I kinda did my own thing. Like I I hoop, but I was in the band you know what i mean i was in the math club i was into shit like that so it you know it was easier to make a joke about a nigga because of that shit but going to xavier and just being able to just be my complete full self like that was an amazing experience yeah one thing that that when you're talking on like the personalities that touched for me was like i remember one thing that was new for me was being around the super nerdy black kids that were also trying to be to make the appearance that they weren't that. Yeah. And, and what I mean by that is, it's like some people, you know, were trying to like, I could see who they were. And I'm, I'm talking about like, I knew that person was nerdy. Like that was a nerd through and through. (laughs) And they were, but I could see that they were trying to still portray this other persona and I could see right through that and so that was I was like what are you doing because I wasn't used to that yeah like where I had just left school was like if you were nerdy you were gonna go do nerd stuff and you weren't gonna come over there with us yeah because where the rest of us were that weren't nerds you know like it was too much it was too much crazy stuff going on yeah. So like you were gonna go over there, and we didn't have that many nerdy black kids. But if you were, you you we would really almost never see you unless it was in class. You weren't hanging out in the hallways like we were. Yeah, and and you weren't doing those other. So so like to see some, it was like seeing one of those kids that I only ever see in the classroom, all of a sudden trying to come down and be where we were, and that that was that was a tripped out thing for me. Yeah. That's funny you say that, and like as you were saying that, I was thinking like y'all, y'all were like the first group of friends that I truly felt safe with. And what I mean by that is like I had friends in high school and shit that yeah they they made me feel protected, but I also knew being with those people I was gonna get into some shit. You know what I'm saying? Like it's been times where I've been at a party with somebody or being in a situation with somebody where somebody might shoot or a fight might break out or some shit. Like I knew with y'all, it was like, 
man, they just like me and they ain't trying to get into no shit. They just trying to just have fun and chill. And like, I really appreciated that shit, but it was new to me because I had never been around people that were like me. Like everybody, you know, the the people that I hung with in Houston and shout out them too. Like, like that's no diss to them at all, but it's just like, we all grew up in the same neighborhood together. So that's why we was really riding tough, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, for me, like when I was with y'all, like y'all kind of helped me like come around to like, okay, look, like this is kind of how you should be in school, you know, because, <laughs> because for me, like I came from a, from a school where I, I never, like my whole four years of of high school, I never studied one time. Yeah. Same. So I didn't, so I didn't know, I didn't know how to do it. So like coming in and I'm like, you know, like, okay, yeah, we need to go hit this library. I'm like, library, like y'all checking out a book? Like, yeah, like we in a library car, like what are y'all doing? And so, you know, that was, that was a little bit new to me. Um, and so like, just seeing like, kind of like how y'all were. And then like, I'm, I'm, I'm also, I'm also loyal too. So like I came also where I came from, like you didn't, you didn't switch up on people. You didn't start trying to be something that you weren't. You just you just didn't try to do any of those things. That's why, like I said, like those nerds, they didn't come down there and try and hang with us because it was going to get exposed at some point that they weren't who they were trying to portray. So they knew not to not to do the switch up. And so, like even with y'all, like if if when I met y'all and like I saw that y'all was cool, y'all was genuine. Y'all didn't seem to be trying to be somebody y'all weren't or whatever. Like, I was like, cool, like, you know, hey, these dudes right here, like, they cool with me, then I'm, you know, I'm about to hang with them. Yeah. And, and, you know, even if, if somebody was a tad bit nerdier than, than, the, than, than what I was used to or whatever, like, I wasn't really tripping off that because I was like, all these dudes are genuine, you know, like, they genuinely, like, who they are. And there's no fraud stuff going on. And I feel like that, that, they're going to keep it 100 all the time yeah. regardless. And so, and that's, that's just, you know, that's, that was, that was all, that was cool. And that was all I needed. You yeah, know, man. Uh, as far, as far as finding my group. And it, and it's been like that, you know, ever since. Been like that ever since. You yeah. know, and I knew like, I knew everybody there wasn't going to be just like me. Like I knew, you know, I knew I could be a little rough around the edges sometimes and, <laughs> But, but like, that's cool, you know, like, but I, I didn't have to go and hang around. Like, nah, like, I was smart enough to know, like, like, man, look, we in school. So, like, like, if you coming up here, like, trying to be in the same environment that I, that I had kind of been around when I was in high school, like, then why did I come here? Why did I, I could have stayed there and been in that, in that same stuff. Right. But like, yeah. why did I come here? Because I knew that I wanted to get to another level, better myself, get an education and, you know, have a, just make something of myself to have a better life. So I don't, I, I need to look forward to, on this train and get, get on what this is about and, and learn what I need to learn. Yeah. Um, How did people respond to your growth like when you when you would go back home oh man well everybody was pretty cool because like i didn't i i didn't really speak on it you yeah. know so like but I, I would go back and just and just be me and that was one thing that people used to tell me about myself back then like they knew like i wasn't I was always going to be me and I wasn't going I wasn't going to be a follower. I was going to do what it was that Thomas wanted to do. Yeah. And so when I went back like you know, I would visit him and and you know, visit people and, and go hang around and all that and and I never I never got any pushback, but it was me that noticed my growth. And I knew that okay, some of the stuff that everybody's kind of, you know what I'm saying? Some of the stuff that everybody's kind of doing, 
um, I don't necessarily want to hang around all of it, you know, uh, all the time. I don't really want to be around it all the time just because, like, I don't know what might pop off. Yeah. And so, you know, I just, I guess I stopped going around as much, you know, and then it just became less and less. And I think the more and more that I, that I just started to grow, the more the, the, the distance, you know, kind of, kind of came. Yeah. And then it was kind of like, you know, I just, I don't know, but then there, there's still some that I'm more in contact with than others. And what's funny is I think the, as that circle got smaller, it was like I, I mainly, I mainly somehow kept more in contact with those that sort of continued on a similar route that I was going. Yeah, and I guess it's just because like we were able to relate more at that point. Yeah, because I, I can't really go back home and talk to certain people about everything that I was going through, dealing with, experiencing. You know, because we on we on hold different different paths now. Yeah. So, was man, it, did you experience the same thing? Um, honestly, man, when I when I would go home on breaks and shit, I would probably be kicking it with y'all and not even really seeing nobody from high school and shit. Yeah, because I, I mean, again, like we could directly relate on a lot of things. Like yeah. during the break, a lot of times we wanted to go to the same types of parties that yeah. we were going to when we were out there. And then we were talking about the same stuff, you know, like whether it was this person or that person, um, whatever new drama was going on or whatever at school. Yeah. Like, it was just a much more relatable situation, you know? I mean, even now, like with everybody with their inside jokes and all that, like that's that stuff is only developed with, you know, the the constant, uh, I guess, community that you make. Yeah. How was it for you when you left Xavier? Oh man, that was tough because it was a. I left Xavier really because of a financial situation. Yeah. And so it was it was super tough for me. Um, because like, I, you know, I wanted to stay there with y'all, but then I was like, man, I, I, I kind of fell back into a corner. Like I, I don't have, I don't have no choice, yeah. but, and I, and sometimes I did feel a little, you know, it, I guess sometimes it, I kind of felt left out with, with, you know, with maybe some of like, cause I think y'all eventually ended up even going on like some trips and stuff like to Florida and all that. Yeah. And it was like, you know, like somehow I, I didn't get included in the loop on the on some of these these things that y'all were doing. So I was just like, dang, like, like they couldn't even tell, you know. But I, but you know me, like I wasn't gonna like hold that in like that. But yeah. I remember I was just like, I was just like, dang, like they ain't even tell me about, you know, they was going this or doing that. But I understand I was a little out the loop at that point. Yeah. So because I I was trying to think just now, I was like, well, damn, well, why didn't we? But then also like. I think you had moved in with like Mike and them and like, we kind of, I, I feel like we probably wouldn't seen you as much. Well, no, y'all, y'all weren't, but I'm, but I'm talking about after I had left. Yeah. But like, oh yeah. That's real. Like, that's real. Yeah. But when I was there, like, yeah, we didn't see each other as much. Cause I think some of y'all, some of y'all had still stayed in the dorm in, in um, St. Martin. Right. I was, I was and, last out of there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like you, you were you were a lifer in there, <laughs> and, and I remember I was like, man, I'm getting out because I was trying to save money because I knew like I had that that financial issue coming, and so I was trying to say I was like, well, yeah, like let's go ahead and, and move off, and then part of it's probably because you know, like you know, some other reasons that we don't have to get into, but you know. Because you're the same one, you had some visitation restrictions, you know? So I was like, man, I can save money and I can have whoever I want over there whenever. Like, yeah, like, let's. But, um, but so I, I just, you know, I, I, 
I think one whenever I moved to that spot, yeah, I saw y'all a little bit different because I didn't have my own car over there. Yeah. So it was like I was moving back and forth on other people. Yeah. So if you weren't coming to see me or picking me up, it was kind of like, yeah, I didn't really see you that much. But yeah. then, like, I was still seeing y'all and we would still hang out here and there. But I think where I really felt, you know, just kind of like the separation is when I left and y'all finished and went ahead and graduated from there and I graduated at U of H. Yeah. And then what's, what's funny, which shows a lot about us, though, is that, you know, just a few years later, only maybe two years later after that, that we had all kind of came back together in California. Yeah, man, you mentioned California, and I was going to touch on that because it seemed like, you know, because I was going to start, you know, we were in New Orleans, and then y'all went to Atlanta, and then we all came back to New Orleans, and then you went to Houston. Yeah, I kind of skipped over that, so Hurricane Katrina. Yeah, and... uh, Hurricane Katrina. I mean, you remember what that? I still remember that week like it was like two weeks ago. Do you remember that? Um, I do, man. I do remember driving a lot, and um, yeah, I remember driving a lot. I remember staying in the house with Buku people. Um, well, before we even get to that part, the leaving, I'm talking like leaving. Up- that was setting up to be the the man that that year was gonna be so fun, man. Yeah, <laughs> like it was, it was, it did not make no sense how good that year was going. I was like, wow, like, like this is it. And like, I remember we had like they, it was so many students there that they had they had put a bunch of us in that overflow dorm. Yeah. And where it was like an apartment and they, they didn't know what in the world was going on with us. Yeah. So me, I mean me, E Rev, um, everybody. Uh, uh who all of us that was over there, like we were like we were treating this like a real off campus apartment. <laughs> it was That's crazy. Funny. It was crazy. I could like I couldn't believe it. And then of course they tried to like set us up in, in St. Martin after they were like, Y'all y'all doing too much, so we're gonna shut this down. <laughs> but but um so we, we got I remember when we um we we were going to class that week and uh <laughs> you gonna laugh at this, but like I'm telling you, I was killing pre cal I was killing yeah. I mean, it was a week, but I, but all them little assignments that she gave me, I was killing. I was like, I'm killing pre cal I'm like, oh man, this is, it's about to be on. Yeah. Like I, like she gave us a quiz and everything. Like I'm killing it. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. And then we had then that I remember that Saturday was the capital party. Yeah. We have been talking about that party all summer, and then all week. And I think it was like that Thursday, man, it was like, they was like, oh, y'all got to evacuate. I was like, oh, yeah. man, <laughs> this is, this is terrible. But again, we was like, all right, we're going to come back next week and then we're going to get right back in this thing. But you know what? Like that Katrina break kind of felt, that's what the beginning of this pandemic kind of felt like for me. Like it felt like another another like you know shift in my in what I thought the year was gonna be like you said that year was supposed to be an amazing year and it 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 shifted and that's kind of how I felt in 2020 I was like man 2020 gonna be the shit it's gonna be this and then that shit happened which 2020 was still really dope but yeah that's kind of what everything reminded me of yeah I I can see that because it was like whatever plans that you had you know, even though like our plans were on a much smaller scale, like we were just we just planning as far as school, yeah. but like everything got jolted out of your control. Yeah, you know, which, which which from something that typically never happens. Like you know, this is a hurricane that that completely shut New Orleans down for months. Never happens. Pandemic shut us down for almost a year now. Yeah, and yeah, man, that that was. That was disappointing. 
You know, and I, I remember getting back and I was just like, I just couldn't believe it. Yeah. I couldn't believe it. I was like, like, I remember you had sent us like, a, you sent me a text message or, or no, I was on the phone with you. And I mean, we had a conversation. And I was like, I, I wasn't accepting the reality. And I remember you had told me, you was like, man, ain't nobody going back to New Orleans no time soon. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, nah. I remember I just would not believe it. I was like, nah, man. Like, it, it might be like a few weeks. It might be a few weeks, man, and we'll, we'll be back. Like, this water not going to sit around forever. Yeah. And then when we started getting the stuff from the school, I was like, ah. And I, me and James, I, I swear, we were both like, man, because we thought our option was probably like TSU. Yeah. And we were like, we were like, man, no, nah, man, we ain't trying to go to TSU. And then, um, then that's when we, you know, just to just to kind of skip forward in the story, we uh, we made that trip to to Atlanta. I remember it was down. It was down to. Atlanta and Miami. Yeah. Because there was a school in Miami that sounded like they were willing to take us. Yeah. Because what was funny too is like the schools on the West Coast, they didn't even know what was going on when we called it. And and I remember James was already like, and for those listening, like that yoga dude. <laughs> so he he wanted to go he didn't want to go to the West Coast. He was like, man, I'm not trying to go back home. And I was like, okay. But I remember I called one of the schools just in case, and they were like, what happened? And I'm like, okay, I'll talk to you. <laughs> um, and so we, we called Howard, and they were like, nah. You know, they were just kind of like, they knew what was going on, but they were like, I don't think we're going to be able to take somebody. Like, you're going to have to have some sort of financial aid. But I was like, I can't do nothing about financial aid because school already started. Yeah. And I remember that school in Miami, like they were like, Yeah, we let me let me see, like, and we'll call you back. But by the time we heard back from from Crenshaw about Morehouse, we had already went ahead and said yes, because Crenshaw was like, Hey, they taking people, y'all coming or not, so I can tell them. And I was like, All right, well, yeah, we'll just go ahead and tell them. And then I remember like later on that day, the school in Miami called us back and we were like, uh, like we already decided we was gonna go to Morehouse. Yeah. So and me and James still to this day we, we would talk about it. we like, man, like what if we would have went to Miami instead? Like how much like how would that have been? I, yeah. But I mean we still we still had a great time. Shit, you I know you to, had the you, you you probably felt left out because a little bit because you, you had stayed back and you had U of H and we was in Miami. I mean not Miami but Atlanta. Um only re honestly I didn't just cause Femi was out there. And oh, yeah. J. Mike was out there. Byron was out there. So it was like, you know, I, I think that's how I really connected with Femi going back to Houston and like kicking it with him all the time and shit. Um, yeah, I did TSU for like two weeks. And when I was like the youngest person in my calculus class, I ended up getting out of there. <laughs> uh but yeah, oh, man. man. How, how did you like U of H? And, I, and I'm asking that because like you went to two HBCUs, and then you went there. Like, what was, which one did you prefer, and why? Mm. Well, actually, like all the way around, I I, I preferred the the HBCU route. Yeah, I mean, there, there's, you know, you you got. You got, I mean, of course, on the, the social part, that's that's the simple part to, to distinguish. The social part was completely different. Like, HBCU all day, social part. Yeah. Now, the academic part of it, I'll say this. You know, you definitely, and, and this, this wasn't just from the African-American professors at the HBCUs because, you know, you had professors from all different races at both schools. Yeah. But it just seemed like at the HBCUs, they cared more. They would put that extra conversation on you, that extra hand on you. Yeah. To say, you know, like, hey, you know, or like, what's going on? Or, you know, like, like 
like they weren't they were trying to make they were really trying to make sure people were succeeding you know um i remember one time in morehouse like i I had just got into this professor's class and like he didn't know that i had dropped the class he was chasing me down in his car like through the parking lot trying to figure like trying to catch me to figure out like what are you doing he thought that i was like just ignoring his class like i was skipping his class yeah but he didn't want me to fail so any other professor like oh yeah they go that loser over there like he's not even coming to my class anymore until i told him i said oh no sir like i had i dropped your class you know for a different class and he was like oh okay but i remember he was like he was like really trying to like get my attention like hey man like what are you doing yeah you didn't come to my class so and then i remember at, at xavier too like i mean those professors man they like they were they were really nice you always they, you always felt like they were approachable but i didn't always get that of you away that's so, real that's real you know that that's those are probably the reasons why i would say that i feel that Man, fast forwarding a little bit past college, we end up both being in L.A. Um, mm. What was L.A. like for you? Mm. Mm. So, <sighs> L.A., I, I, like, I feel like, before I get to that, I feel like the, the college era was like, the time for me to say, to see that, okay, it's it's cool to separate and detach from everything from that you knew before college. But like, and it just kind of grow up a little bit, but, but LA just took it up several more notches. This was like the time for me to, like I, I what I took from LA was, was how, to find an extra gear of work ethic and focus. Yeah. You know, I got dropped into, I, I went out there for acting and I got dropped into the most competitive arena for it. And what was going to separate you? Like, and you just moved all the way out there. Are you, are you going to, are you going to bullshit this time? Or are you just going to go out here and just be all lax cadaisical and just like, you know, Oh, I'm in LA. Like, cause see, like the, the whole idea of of being in LA, like it wasn't phasing me like that. Cause like I had I had grew up in a big city already. So like, oh, I'm in this big city. Like I wasn't falling in love with all that. I was like, I'm out here on a mission. Yeah. And that was all I really had to think about. Because outside of like knowing y'all there, I didn't you know, like the other family I had there was like way out, like two hours away. So like, I didn't really have no outlets to just, to not be focused. Yeah. Like this is what I had to think about. And I wasn't gonna let myself get drawn into, this is, you know, like that that thinking of this is where I live. Yeah. I was like, no, I'm out here on a business trip. Even though I, I live here, I'm out here on a business trip. And I really wanted to succeed. So I, I I saw other people working hard as well yeah. in my industry. And so, okay, find a way to work harder and smarter. And so that's what I did. And again, I, I just, I started to find new levels of that extra gear. Yeah. And and I, I'll I'll forever use my experiences from there for the rest of my life. That's what's up, man. Um, what was your biggest challenge in act like pursuing acting? Um, getting in the door. Yeah. That's and, and it, it can be so frustrating because you can have all the talent, but if if the door won't open, who's gonna see it? Yeah. Do you miss and it? So I would say acting or LA? Uh acting. Um at times I miss I miss the art. I miss the performance. I miss that part. I don't I don't miss the industry itself because the industry 
you know, the industry is what I think about when I think about the door open. Yeah. You know? But the actual artist artistry itself and performing and bec- and you know, getting involved in, in scene study and being a character and like all that I definitely miss that. And and it, it, it's caused me to really like engulf myself more now into being a fan of it than what I was before. Like I, I really spend time like finding great I try to find great acting, great content. Yeah. And so that's kind of that kind of fuels my, you know, my I guess my um whatever feeling I have that I'm missing it. But so I mean I, I yeah it's 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 still tough to think about sometimes that it's like I, I won't be doing it anymore but you know I knew it was for the better yeah and you never know shit you might you know you might get in your forties fifties and might want to start doing it again you know what I mean uh, I get your Morgan get your Morgan Freeman on and shit no I don't know about <laughs> that man I don't know about that man what advice that. would you give to somebody young from the South um, that's pursuing acting and and thinking about making that LA move? Well, everybody's not going to want to hear what I'm going to say, but it's the truth. Nah, man, keep it real. You gotta, you gotta, I see too many people that want to jump into acting without learning what acting is. And you think you know because maybe you you were always real funny growing up. You know, maybe you did some stuff, you know, some acting and, you know, here or there, like, I don't know, at, at the, in the school play or whatever. I, I've heard all different reasons. But you have to get involved in some sort of class, some sort of studying. You have to. Um, whether that's, you know, I mean, USC has a, has a master of fine arts, uh, acting program, you know, like, and if you don't want to do that, find, find a great, a great teacher where you can, you can learn and, and, and study this craft because it's, it's very important and you'll, you'll be surprised at how much you grow in being, being an actor, um, you know, it's not just about getting in front of uh, a camera or getting in front of an audience, but like doing doing the stuff behind the scenes. You know, and and I always give this analogy, like in sports, let's, let's say basketball. You know, if you want to go and play in a game in the NBA or whatever, you're not just going to wake up and go show up at the game. Yeah. What are they doing? They they are they're getting up jump shots. They're shooting jump shots. They're doing dribbling drills. They're doing, you know, running drills. Like whatever it is, they're in there working on that crap. They're practicing. They're they're studying their crap. You know, and it's the same thing with that. You can't just wake up and go to the game and and just think that you're gonna be, you know, you're gonna be this all star. Like you have to go and put put your jump shots up. Yeah. And so that, like, to me, and I, I spend a lot of time on it because that's the most important part that I would say to anybody. And then after that, like, don't be afraid of theater. Like, you can go, yeah, at, like, being on film is all cool and it's, and it's fun. Um, but theater is where you're really, really going to grow even more after you've taken that time to put up those jump shots with your craft is to go into theater. And there was a saying that that I never forgot when I was out there in L.A. And it said, um, it said, movies make you famous. TV makes you rich and theater makes you a better actor. Mm. So I would say that focus on studying your craft. Focus on doing some theater. And let the let if the film comes, then the film comes. But you need to focus on those two first. Don't be don't worry about being so quick to jump to LA. Like you have to get there immediately. Because you can build up a lot more experience wherever you are, whether you're in 
in in Dallas, Houston, Atlanta, wherever, you can build up Florida, North Carolina, you can build up your stuff where you are, build up that that experience. And then as you become, you know, you can get an agent wherever you are after you build everything up, then you can try and make that leap when and you'll know when the time is right. You don't have to make that jump immediately. You'll know when the time is right. Like, okay, I think I can go ahead and make that jump to Los Angeles. Because once you get out there, who man, if you haven't done all that yet and you're trying to start from ground zero in LA, it's gonna you're gonna it's gonna be a while. Because there's so many people who are already there who have done what you've done already. And so those people, like again, that, that door it's gonna be so much harder to open that door. That I, that I spoke about. Yeah. That's real, man. Um, I think now that I've been out here for a little while, I recognize that too. Like, you don't have to be in LA to make it. And um, I think that's probably what I would I would really want. Like, you know, just people that's coming up, especially from where we from, to know, like, you can make it where you at. Yeah. I told my cousin this years back. And my, and my cousin... He listened, he went and he went to a, a college and he got and he studied. He was doing a whole bunch of theater and then and he was doing theater like where he was in school. And then that ended up pulling him into opportunities into the closest major city, which was Chicago. And then now he's doing he has a he has an agent in Chicago and he's been doing stuff there. And then like he got he was doing theater there consistently. And then, then he got a, a role on Empire and he got, you know, he got some roles on some other shows and stuff. And now he has an agent in New York, you know, as well as Chicago. And so it's just a matter of time where you're going to feel that it's that it's that time because you're going to start getting opportunities in other places. They're going to pull you there. Yeah. And he's still in Chicago right now. He, he doesn't need to jump to like, go ahead and continue working, dominate where you are. And then you can go there, you know, eventually. And then, like like you said, like there's people who live primarily in New York that that get a ton of work in New York that never that have no desire of moving to LA. Yeah. So that's what I would say. And then when, whenever you do get there, or let's say you just blow everything off that I said, and you're like, I'm just gonna go. I don't care. I'm ready to leave. You know, you need to have in, in the back of your mind that you're willing to give this everything you have for 10 years straight, at least hmm. before you really before you feel like you're going to see the, the improvement. Now, I'm not going to say there's not going to be that miracle story where, you know, within that first year, all of a sudden, you know, you're you're on this TV show. But I'm telling you, after the experience that I've had and all the people that I've, I've known out there, you know, you need to be willing to, to give up 10 years of your life of giving everything you got before you start to see the the change that you want. And it, that's still not guaranteed. Yeah. But yeah. You, need, you need to be willing to give that up at least. Don't go out there on some three-year plan because it's not – or a two-year plan, a five-year plan. Like be willing to say, you know what, I'm going to – starting on day one, I'm going to give everything I've got and I'm going to do that for 10 years straight. And I, I would also add, make sure you following your dream – and not somebody else's like mm-hmm. know know what you want out of this shit and know what you want to put into it so you're not chasing somebody else's and you know mad at yourself because you're not achieving somebody else's dream right and you got this this needs to be something that you are passionate about because if you're not passionate about it you're not going to wake up every day in LA in in that in that city to do the grind now, if you feel like you just want to move there because you want to live there, then you're going to end up seeing yourself move like that. You're going to move like somebody that just moved there, and acting is going to look more like a hobby. But if you move there and you have that focus and that drive because you're so passionate about it, well, you're going to look like that person that's there on a business trip who's, who's laser-focused, trying to do what they need to do to get to the next level to get those doors open. 
That's real, man. And shit. I think that brings us to today. Because now you're a lawyer. You're married. You got a kid. You know. What what does the future look like for Tommy P? Hmm. You know, I, I don't I don't know, but what I feel like is that I'm gonna try to control everything that I can control. And I already know and I and I accept that some things I won't be able to, but what I can control you know, I'm. You can definitely believe I'm going to put everything I can into that to make sure that it comes into the outcome that I want it to be. Yeah. Whatever that might be, that's what everything. Um, so I just I, I I hope that I'm into my career, you know, with a uh, in a field of of law that I really enjoy being in. Um, and I'm doing that at a very high level, uh, healthy, um, you know, uh, healthy mentally, physically, and financially, um, relationship wise, you know, all that, that that's, that's what I hope. And I'm going to do everything I can to get to that. That's what's up, man. I got a, a couple of more questions and then. I got a new segment that we doing, but, um, first question is what is one piece of advice you would give to your younger self? Oh man. Mm. (laughs) Don't put so much focus into the girls. Don't, don't get so don't don't put so much focus in into into girls. Um, move that down on the priority list. I was much more worried about um, trying to keep you know a, a bunch of options available to myself as opposed to making the priority of myself. Uh, and my and my my future, the number one priority. And I didn't start to do that until I moved to LA. But before that, it was it was too much that I I prioritized that. Um, when I should have, I should have been more focused on what you know what was more important. And but but you know that that came with maturity. But I, but that's what I would tell my younger self is hey go ahead and. You know, move that around now. Don't don't learn that later. Yeah. Um, and also, I would the second thing I would tell myself is um, is you're you're doing good, knowing that you don't have to get involved in all the all the foolishness that you see that'll get you in trouble. But even scale it back even more. And, and start trying to take school more seriously. Yeah. Because I, I didn't take school seriously enough, really not until I got to law school. And 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 that was by the grace of God that I that <laughs> I was able to 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 smarten up and get to that point. Yeah. But but I can tell you this when I when I did get into law school, I I, I gave it everything I had. That's what's up, Every man. Every thing I had. That's what's up. Um, what's one reminder you want to give to your future self? Mm. Man, I hate to give you a silence like this. <laughs> no, it's all good. That's uh, uh, a reminder I like to give to myself. Man, I hope I wouldn't have to give myself a reminder. But <laughs> if if I did, I would say remember what what it felt like to when you were 
when you were you had no choice but to be hungry yeah you know because as i continue on with 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 what i'm putting forward in my life um you know of course we expect um the fruition to 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 at least play out in some way that we wanted to you know we want the outcome to to be where we become more successful more accomplished and sometimes people have a tendency to um as they get further and further entrenched into that they have a tendency to forget about you know where they came from yeah. forget about how it was and then that that will also sometimes get you to kind of relax a little too much start smelling yourself a little bit and that and that's one thing i would say just remember how it was you know remember how it was when years back you know you had like two dollars in your bank account hmm. you know like remember how that was and the focus that you had when when you told yourself that this is never gonna happen again that's real man and um what is one lesson that you can share with the listeners mm. A lesson. I mean that, that that's tough because I mean what? How would you want me to tailor that that lesson? I would let me ask you um, that. Um, it could like, be it could be in, anything in you want, man. Life? At at any point, like just something that you like, one piece of advice or a lesson that you could share with the listeners. It could be anything you want. But just something that somebody else could benefit off of. Um, I'd probably say you know, I mean some quotes are firing off in my head. Um you know, but I, I, I would say is Just like whatever that is that that you want to do, like figure out that plan. Figure out, figure out a plan that, on how you can get there. Find out who has accomplished that before. And see how they got to where they got to. See how they got there. See, what, see if there's a, a map of how there is a path to get into that place. Study that. And see how, not how you, don't just say, okay, I'm going to follow that path. See how you can make that path straighter. See how you can make it, make that path more efficient. And try your best to get to where, get to get to that goal, whatever that may be. And remain focused on what that is. You know, and, it, and you can apply that to so many other things. Like some people, like they, they, you know, they're like, oh, I always wanted to go to, to, uh, I don't know, to Paris. And they're like, you know, but I don't know when I'm going to get like, okay, do you even know how much it costs to get there? No, <laughs> I, I know it's a lot of money. Well, like figure out like, what is it going to take for you to get there? Yeah. And then once you figure out, you know, like work backwards, like, okay, this is where you want to go. How can you get there? What does it take to get there? Um, and then what can you do here? to accomplish all those things in front of you. Yeah. And somehow, sometimes how you can accomplish that is when you set out small goals to accomplish that big one. Sometimes it can be frustrating to look at, okay, I got this big goal that I want to accomplish. And then you're like, man, that, but that's going to take a lot. Well, break those up into smaller goals. Okay. If I can, you know, if I can do this, this small thing right here. Okay. And then I'm going to do that. And then I'm going to do that. Okay. Well, if you knocked off three of those smaller goals, well, you might be halfway there and now it's not seeming so bad, but focus on what you can. That's right in front of you. That's what's up, man. Con control what you can control. I'll say that too. That's a whole nother, like control what you can control and don't get discouraged by what you can't control. Yeah. 
Don't let what you can't control defeat you. That's real, man. And stop talking about stuff. Be about stuff. You really want to go there? Or you really want to go do this? You know? I mean, there's a lot of small steps you can take. Oh, you want to be a lawyer? Okay, well, um, of course, we all know there's law school. But why don't you go talk to a few? Yeah. See how see how they got there. Because they might be able to give you insight so that you don't make some of the mistakes that they did. You can make your route, again, like I said before, more efficient. Okay, I, I talked to this person. He told me this. Okay, I talked to that person. They told me this. Now you make an educated decision. Figure out where you need to go. Okay, now how do I need to get there? What are the, You can look online. What are the requirements? Okay, this is what I need to get in there. Okay, cool. You know, you set out the plan. Figure it out inch by inch, step by step, and then get there that way. And and stop worrying about everybody else on social media and what they're doing and what they're driving or what they have or, you know, the clothes that they have on, which don't mean nothing. Like, everybody runs their own race. Yeah. So run your own race. Who cares? Like, okay, that person might be trying to do the same thing as you. Maybe they got there faster. Maybe whatever. We don't know. But you run your own race to get there. Everybody has their own race. And sometimes sometimes races aren't sprints, they're marathons. So you have to be content with that too. All right, nip. <laughs> oh, <man. Yeah. laughs> get out of here, man. Oh boy. <laughs> All right, man. I don't have those shoes. (laughs) This next segment is called Five Questions of Freedom, sponsored by Feel Free to Feel Free. So I'm going to ask you five questions. Shout out that yoga dude. Yeah, man. My dog. My dog. That yoga dude doing his thing. So I'm going to ask you five questions, and you got to answer as fast as you can. So let me know when you're ready. All right. All right. DJ Screw or Michael Watts? DJ Screw. Um, but you, 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 you made that tough, though, but DJ Screw. Legendary. <laughs> Rockets or the Texans? Rockets. Um, who's your favorite hot boy? Oh, I'm in a minority with this one. It was Turk growing up. Really? Why Turk? Mm-hmm. Man, I... You know, I was just always different. And I felt like he was like, you know, he was just he was just so different than everybody. And I don't know, he just he just always stuck out to me. That's what's up, man. That's dope. Yeah. Yeah, he he was my favorite. It was Turk, man. Yeah. Um what is your top three favorite places to travel? Oh man, that's that's not hard. It, it has to be somewhere I've already been, right? Because you said top three favorite to travel. Yeah. Right. Okay. So where I've been, oh my top three. Number one is Amsterdam. Okay. Um, number two is pro is Switzerland, and then number three is tough. Uh, it's out of Paris, and uh, I say number three is probably Turks and Caicos. Okay. And last one, my name is Tommy P. And if I wasn't a lawyer, I would be blank. Mm, okay, so I can't say actor no more. So I'd say a basketball coach. Okay, that's what's up. Yeah. I mean, you can't yeah. hope, but you know. <laughs> Man, don't make me catch a flight in this pandemic, boy. I know there's a park open. So ain't ain't no goals out here. <laughs> Man, look, you gonna make me go buy one. We, we, be, up, we be up there at Walmart. We be in the middle of the aisle at Walmart. Like, let's go. Five. Let's go to five right now. Oh man, man. please, man. man you know, uh, man. Somebody, somebody challenged me in law school. They said, man, you can't hoop. Uh, let's. Uh, I bet you I beat you in one on one. I said, man, look, I will spot you five points, and we go into ten, and you won't score another point. Wow. And he never wanted to take me up on that offer. 
That's funny. Shoot, if y'all want somebody to take bets with on hooping, Tommy P is here. (laughs) Man, Tommy P, I appreciate you coming on the show, man. Where can the people find you? Man, you know, I'm not too active on on social media like that, but, I mean, they can can find me uh, on Facebook. or uh or instagram uh blade underscore brown underscore so you know i I get on there every once in a while but you know other than that i'm just out here in houston just trying to trying to trying to be better every day that's what's up man you're a hometown hero so i appreciate you coming on the show (laughs) get out of here All right, y'all. Thank y'all for listening. This is Mike Brown, and this is The Art of Letting Go. Peace. I appreciate you having me, man. Yeah, man. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode of The Art of Letting Go. If you like what you heard, please be sure to subscribe to us wherever you listen to this podcast and leave a comment. Let us know what you think. Let other people know what you think as well. If you want to get in touch with us, Hit us up on all social media at the Art of Letting Go Podcast. Also, you can send me an email, the Art of Letting Go Podcast at gmail.com, or give us a call. Leave a message. We might play it on the show. 213-394-2773. Also, if you would like to support the Art of Letting Go, we got some really cool merch. As well as we're now on Patreon. You can find us, the Art of Letting Go Podcast. Subscribe to us. Thank you guys for listening. This is Mike Brown, and this is The Art of Letting Go.